Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. It is just going to be Jeffrey and I, and this is going to be an interesting, interesting topic that I think a lot, a lot, a lot of people are going to be, I don't know, upset about it or enlightened by it. Or <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's, there's a, a lot of thoughts in the youth hockey world about the cost of hockey today. Why is it so darn expensive? We're going to go through all of it. But before we do, let's bring on the talent of the podcast. The one Jeffrey Jehu Lavecchio. Vex, what's up today, dude? Feel like you drank some Yoohoo or something before this uh with a little podcast rum. intro. You're with a little rum. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Rumpel Stillskin? <laughs> oh, dude, actually before <laughs> before I now that we're talking about movie quote lines, by the way, if you don't know that one, Big Daddy, great movie. Duh. Uh, but Nar in our uh video session today, he uh brought out a Billy Madison line. And it was phenomenal. None of the players knew what it was. Not one player. Yeah, like the other guys were coaching, like, we got it, but we were talking about something and and uh you know, he's kind of like asking the players if they had any questions. He was like, Any more brain busters? <laughs> and like the guys looked like like he had four heads and Rass were dying laughing. It was so funny. Oh, that's so tough. So tough. Come on, young whippersnappers. Get with it. If you it. haven't seen Billy Madison, if you're under the age of like 20 and you haven't seen Billy Madison, you need to go do it. You need it. You need to see Deeds. You need to see Billy Madison. You need to see Happy Gilmore or else yes. just don't even talk to me. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, that was uh, really funny. But I did. I told you I want to talk about this on the uh, like before we uh, came on the podcast here today. But what a weekend in Michigan hockey. Like, really? What a crazy weekend. Enlighten um, us. So like the Big Ten standings right now are really tight, like really, really tight. Minnesota's kind of like won by a lot. Wisconsin's kind of like um, on the bottom. I don't want to say by a lot. They still got like room to grow, but like they're kind of down there. And then like all the other teams are right there for the taking for like two through six place. And so they're huge games for us because we were like that many points behind Penn State. Penn State's like number three in the country. I mean, it was like a huge, huge, huge weekend for so many different reasons. Pairwise stuff for the NCAA tournament, uh, Big Ten standings, all that kind of stuff. And so we go in there Friday. We don't play very well, but we end up winning seven to three. And our goalie was unreal. Like he, without our goalie, we don't win that game. 
and just played out of his mind. And then the next day, so like, it was just kind of like a crazy, you know, day from Friday into Saturday, you know how it is like as a coach, sometimes like you win seven, three, but you go back and you watch the video and you're like, not very happy with how you played. And you know, you kind of stole one because your goalie played well or whatever. So what's the message going into it? And, um, so we go into Saturday's game and we need to have a good game again. We want to sweep and they score two goals in the first 44 seconds of the game. Ooh. Yeah. Two goals, in the first 44 seconds, like boom, boom. And we're like, Oh boy, here we go. We had a goal that we scored that got disallowed because, um, like a major penalty happened like a minute before we scored. So we like, there's a, there's like a hit and then play goes on. The refs don't call a penalty. Then we score like a minute later because there's no whistles. They go back, they review it for a major. The refs overturn the goal and give us a five minute penalty when they looked at it on review. Yeah. Like, so just the, the, the swings throughout the game were absolutely insane. And then it's, you know, we claw back it's three, one, it's three, two, they're winning. We score a goal. Um, uh, or sorry, they score a goal. We thought it was goalie interference. So we challenge it ends up the refs don't think it's goalie interference. So it's just like a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. We end up going down four to two and then Luke Hughes, number four overall draft pick to the New Jersey devils scores four goals Ugh. as a defenseman, four goals in the game. He scores with 10 minutes left to, for us to go up five, four. That's what we ended up winning by five to four. And it was one of those games where just kind of like, you feel like something clicked, you know, like you feel like something clicked, like the guys came together. We had to battle through so much like this year has been absolutely crazy with like injuries and illnesses and and things like that. And um, it was just a really, really special moment. And when Luke, when he scored, um, I was telling the guys this yesterday when he scored the fifth goal. So I'm up top in like the press box and I'm like the eye in the sky for the games. And I, I like started tearing up, dude. I started like tearing. You know how it is when you're so invested in something and like these big moments happen and I'm a kind of an emotional guy to begin with. And so it was just like a really, really cool moment. And then the guys ended up like sticking it out and we won and Penn State's an unreal team. Like they're going to be a force in the postseason. And and um, so it was just a crazy weekend, man. Absolutely wow. crazy weekend. That is nasty. Did you yeah, say that was home or away? It was at home. Yeah, it was at home. Wow. And so um, when we sweep our home weekends or when we sweep any weekend, we like sing the fight song in a circle in the locker room after the game. And it's just like, it's unreal, dude. So just a crazy, crazy weekend, man. Crazy. That, that had to be just unbelievable energy to be a part of in that locker room after that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Insane. Absolutely. Cool. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen a performance like Luke Hughes, like Hughesy was like, he put the team on his back. I mean, four goals as a defenseman. Come on. Ew. Like Ew. crazy. Right. I mean, that, it was, there's bad? a reason why did he was fourth overall. Did he break it? <laughs> is that bad? New high score? He break a high score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my weekend, dude. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. What did I do with the weekend? Oh, it was uh, the veteran tournament here in, in St. Louis. Really cool. And your guys thing. won, right? Yeah, two of the teams won. So they have, they, I think they actually have five teams, but there's, they have levels. You know, the highest level is Alpha, and then Bravo is the second level, and then Charlie, and then Delta, and Alpha and Delta teams won. 
And, uh, you know, a bunch of those guys do my on- and girls, women do my online training. And then whoever wants to come every weekend, I hold a, an open or like I run the session. But once a weekend, I have a training session. It used to be Sundays. Now it's Saturdays. And anybody in the organization and even veterans, like they have like 130 or 140 person waiting list for people to get on the teams to play. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like re- really, really. Yeah. It's really, really big time. Um, it's a really cool thing that that they're doing here. Uh, you know, the the vets love it. Uh, I think a bunch of them need it. You know, I've I've personally had a bunch of them tell me like this has saved my life. This one of them, you know, has said like you know like I this is what's keeping me living and not you know making a bad decision. It's it's super powerful, and um, so that was really cool. And I made these uh, I made these special edition GMBM hoodies with all of the different um, military branches that were participating in the tournament. You know, wherever they were, wherever people from the playing in the tournament, you know, served. And I put that on the back and had give more and it was in camo and stuff. And, and That's every cool. vet, every, yeah, every vet that bought it, I gave them access to my online training for life um, from any team that was in the tournament. And there was 30 teams in the tournament coming from all over the country. So it was, it was really, really cool, really cool experience. I got to play in the uh, blue with the blues alumni against um, a warrior veteran all-star team. They picked, they didn't pick, the best players from each team they picked the most deserving players um so it was a super fun game but dude you you know me so i i heard them playing in the game you know that told me i'm gonna play in the game so i went and skated like four or five times leading up to it just trying to like knock the rust off and i'm like yeah you know my sister calls like she's coming in town with her nephews to watch me they've never seen oh, me play no hockey. Way. my sister hasn't seen me play hockey probably since like you know, two or three years left in my career. So she didn't even see me play my last couple of years. My fiance, Kylie's never seen me play. So I'm like, all right, like I gotta, I gotta actually do a couple cool things out there. Like I gotta put on at least a little bit of show. A bunch of my friends came, you know, I'm sure you put on a little show. I'm sure you didn't (laughs) ham it up at all. Oh yeah, totally not dude. Get out there. And zero offense whatsoever to any of these vets. I respect all of you with, everything in my being but they were not the best hockey players in the world so literally like so you were taking like clap bombs at them and checking them and oh no like couldn't the the alumni we had some good players man we had andy mcdonald we had john wensick mike zook uh me cam jansen uh jim campbell we we had a bunch of pretty good players and like we could not try at all you know like like for real for real when i've played with the alumni quite a few times against like college teams and stuff and like the games are good like we we play pretty hard and so that's what we were kind of all expecting and and uh it was just a super super fun game they had there was thousands of people at the game so that was pretty cool it's probably like 2000 people there um, so they raised a bunch of money. Obviously I did score and I went bar meow on my second shift, but then I, I don't think I shot the puck after that. Uh, but dude, it was, it was so much fun. And I came off the ice and, it, you know, a bunch of the vets were coming up to me that haven't ever seen me play obviously. And I've been working with them for, you know, how, at least a year, year and a half. They're like, man, you didn't stop smiling that whole time. That was so fun to watch. And it, it was it was really, really cool. It was, it was super fun to, to be a part of. And, 
you know, I, I just want to take this opportunity because, you know, this is a, this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I'm friends with all these men and women. Um, you know, I think the government does not do a very good job of taking care of our veterans. I don't think, I know they don't. Um, and it's something that really, really, really bothers me. So anybody out there, you, you ever come across any kind of charity that can give to veterans, please do so because, uh, you know, these people signed up knowing what that meant, that it could possibly mean, you know, death or dismemberment or PTSD or all of these other things. And uh, we need to take better care of our veterans. So anybody out there that can do anything for veterans, I, I would just ask you, please do, because it's a very cool community of people. That's right. That's right. I actually ran a practice uh, here in Michigan a few weeks back for a veteran group, Motor City Veterans here in uh, Detroit. And yeah, they're just the best, man. Like, unreal. Like, just all salt of the earth, hardworking selfless people. And I will second that anytime you get the chance to help some of them out, um, free to made free, free to made free. And they're on the front lines. And, uh, so if there's any veterans listening to this, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the hockey think tank podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. You're ready to talk a little cost of hockey. Am I ready to throw out of throw up out of my mouth and my butt at the same time from this topic. <laughs> yes, I am. I think I already did. All right, it. Hold on. Let's, uh, let's thank, uh, some people we need to thank first. We're going to thank gel sticks, our title sponsor, G E L S T X.com. Go to gel sticks.com to get your weighted training sticks. You can get them hockey. You can get them lacrosse. You can get the golf clubs as well. Uh, NHL teams use it. College teams use it. Junior teams use it. Individual people use it. This is a great product. We wouldn't be, talking about it if it wasn't go to gel6.com use the coupon code think tank one word and you can get a discount on your weighted training sticks jeffrey train heroic want to thank train heroic that's the unbelievable app where i house all of my online training programs if you listen to last week's episode with sam chima uh, i have 104 girls in his organization this year and over 100 last year that i've been training uh, all online remotely um a lot of organizations can't afford to pay quality strength coaches that give out quality programming. A lot of teams, even junior teams, take their teams to do CrossFit. All right. That ain't it. It's not what's going to help your team. I can help your team or your organization for hilariously cheaper than having somebody in person if it's tough to afford it or take them to CrossFit. And they'll be doing things that will make them a better athlete, a better hockey player. And I also offer Zoom calls for every team and organization I work with monthly on any topic that the team wants to talk about or ones that I bring to the table that I know are important, such as mental toughness, uh, resiliency recovery, nutrition, mindset, how do you reach out to scouts, coaches, all these types of things. So uh, anybody who's interested in that, uh, please reach out to me on Instagram. We could talk about uh, your organization or team if you'd like. And I also want to thank uh, Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition is a CBD company I'm with. You guys know my brain is slightly uh, mashed potatoes. I've had 14 concussions. CBD is something I implemented starting my last year pro, which would have been six years ago now. Uh, it's something I take daily. I take it two to three times a day, actually. I started off with one serving years ago, and it felt so good. I said, sounds nice, make it twice. And I started doubling up that dose, and I felt <laughs> even better. <laughs> That's from a sounds nice. Story. Make it twice. Yeah. What is it? Um, Thanks for uh, the advice. Yes, exactly. Oh my! Wow, did not think. You what would song get was that? that? 
Uh, is that a Air Nelly Force, song? I think it's Air Force Ones. Me yeah. And Staz used to listen to that. Dun, 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 Every dun. win in Omaha, me and Staz, would play Air Force Ones in his Same Volkswagen those people Jetta. Stick together. And we would bump. But anyways, that code to get a discount on any cured nutrition products is GMBM. Sounds nice. Make it twice. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, boy. Uh, thank you to IceHockeySystems.com as well. The best site for all your coaching education needs. These guys are amazing. This platform is amazing. They get thousands of drills that you can choose from. They have drill drill drawing I, man, I can't say that very well. Drill drawing tools where you can actually go in and digitally draw up your drills and save them and store them for a later day. If you get the associations platform, which we have partnered with them for, uh, you can actually store them, send them to all the coaches, some of your parents, some of your players. You can build your practice plan, send them out to your players before practice. Um, it's just a really, really good tool to have. And uh, also they have access to the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide. And if you get the associations platform, you can get this for all of your parents as well, which is a very big de-stressor for the hockey directors out there. I know because they have told me and uh, just any kind of parent education that we can get, which we are doing here tonight as well, I think goes a long, long, long way. So icehockeysystems.com. And we want to thank all of you for continuing to listen to this podcast four plus years in over a million downloads in so many different countries. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to support what we do. And we just love being able to help out the hockey world, put a little positivity and put a little perspective into the hockey world. And I think we're going to really do that here tonight with this podcast on the cost of hockey. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, Jeff, you ready to get into it? Fortunately, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the kind of genesis of where this is going to come from is, you know, when I started the hockey think tank, uh, sounds like a hundred years ago now. Um, even when I was like a recruiter at the division one level, when I was coaching at Cornell, you get to travel around, talk to a lot of different people, make networks, you know, you're, you're kind of in youth hockey a little bit because you're talking to youth coaches and, and, you know, just kind of seeing where get, kids go from midgets all the way up until, you know, they get to college and beyond. And so in a lot of my different conversations, I really found out that people are just really anxious in youth hockey. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of unknown about youth hockey and and people, <laughs> they just get really kind of like wrapped up in not understanding what it's all about. And they're not even necessarily not understanding what it's all about, but there's just like so many moving parts in youth hockey and it changes on like a consistent, almost daily basis. It seems like for a lot of people that there's just a lot of information coming from a lot of different places. People don't know who to trust when that information is coming in. And, you know, a lot of times like these parents are writing these huge checks to organizations, coaches, camps, 
tournaments, like all of these different things. Um, and they don't really necessarily know what their ROI is and how it's going to help their kid achieve their dreams. It's just kind of like blind faith sometimes, <laughs> you know? Um, and so like, there's just a, a lot of craziness when it comes to youth hockey in these conversations that I would have with, with all of these people. And so I like wanted to know why. Why is youth hockey so unbelievably confusing and why is youth hockey so unbelievably crazy is what it kind of seems like. And so in my conversations that I had with so many different people from all different parts of the world, you know, we're talking anywhere in the U S and Canada and Europe and you know, what it kind of came down to the craziness. Why is it crazy? was, I like to call it the two M's. The first M is making it. <laughs> and the second M is money. So when I talk about making it, I, I think that the professionalization of youth sports and 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 youth hockey in particular, which is what we're going to talk about, is absolutely crazy. People get so anxious about what team their kid is going to be on when they're eight, nine, ten years old. And because it's going to affect their future of like being a division one or a professional hockey player or something like that. There's a lot of people that think that way. I think they know they're thinking crazy when they have those thoughts, but they can't help it because there's this keeping up with the Joneses, Joneses fear of missing out mantra that just permeates through the youth hockey culture. And, you know, people at younger and younger ages, seemingly every year feel like, you know, if they don't get on the right team or have the right coach or play in the right league or play in the right tournaments or play in the right summer team, like their kid is going to fall behind. And so a huge part of the craziness is just that, that kind of culture that's been created where it's the emphasis is so much on, on making it um, rather than, you know, what we talk about all the time, what it should youth sports, youth hockey be about. It's about getting exercise. It's about learning life lessons. It's about being a part of a team and making friends. And I just think we forget about that. Would you agree that that's a huge reason why the youth hockey culture is a little, little nuts? Yeah. I mean, I also, you know, I totally get that when you're, I don't even know what the youth fees are, like not even AAA, like before AAA squirts, mites, they're still up there, you know, especially if you're playing double A and there's no triple A yet. I, and then equipment and, and drive time and energy and we'll tournaments out of town. And we'll get so into like, all that. But, but what I'm saying is I understand that, that all of that costs time, energy and money. So I, I get why it started to get crazy because the more money you put in, you're like, I think parents started to look at this yeah, like you said, like, where's my ROI? And they just forget the main, the, re, the ROI is learning to be a good teammate, learning to be a good, this, you know, learning ethics and, and all, all these different things like that come along, like the reasons why everyone started playing new sports, you know, decades ago. And, and now it's like, well, what am I getting out of this? You know, instead of like doing it to help the kid be a better person and so i i mean I, I understand why it gets crazy but it's like we man we gotta we gotta focus back up here peeps <laughs> nice sound effect what's that from <laughs> laser beam i don't know tractor beam suck me oh right awesome powers no magma no that one is uh dumb and dumber oh really oh yeah 
Actually, don't even know. Sucked me right in. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. anyways. Uh, anyways, so yeah, man, like there's just this this culture that's been created and it is crazy how anxious like might novice parents get, you know, at the youngest of ages about not wanting to miss an opportunity, not wanting to miss out on being on the right team with the right coach at the right time. And, and um, yeah, man, like we, we talk about it all the time, that stuff, like it's, it, yes, you want to be with the best coach that you can for sure. We've always advocated for that. Um, there's no question about it, but like, you know, it, it's just, we have to go back to our why. We have to go back to our why as parents, as mentors, as to why we got into this game. And, you know, like that's, it's got to be a question that we ask ourselves all the time. And um, yeah. And and not only that, I think the organizations need to do a really, really good job with also establishing their why. Like back to the, the, the quote unquote, the client, the family, the parents, the kid, like this is what we're looking to get out of this year. You know, and at the youngest ages, it's not getting a scholarship. It's not making the AAA team in five years. It's not this, that, or the other thing. It's exercise, fun, learning new things, you know, movement capabilities. It's all these different things. And I think also, you know, an onus needs to be put back on the organization to, to, to communicate all of these things efficiently and effectively. Do they... Do they do that? I don't know. Like I, I'm not. I wasn't. I, mean, I guess you were involved with AAA last year, and it's at, at 16 level. Um, I don't know how low of an age group it was in New York when you were working with. Well, it, I but. think I, I think there's a couple different things that go into it. I think um, not enough organizations are very transparent about things, whether it's costs, whether it's mission and vision, whether, I mean, whatever it may be, like, I feel like it should be mandatory in every organization's website that they post, like, you know, a lot of different things about what their organization is about. Right. So not, I, I feel like we can do a better job of being transparent in who we are as organizations and what we believe in and stuff. The second part of it is that, you know, for the teams that do do that stuff, are they actually backing it up? You know, like, oh, we're all about development and this and that. We're going to have this because I feel like that's another, um, another like thing that I hear from a lot of parents is, oh, I was promised all of these things and I got none of them. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and whether the promises were today. like, you know, coaching or video or when you get to the older ages, like even the promises of like, I'll get you to junior camps and stuff like that. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the ones that do it right are very transparent in who they are and how they communicate it. And then they back that stuff up too. And I, right. and, and, and there's a lot of parents that are probably listening to this episode right now that are like going through their head, like either, oh, like, I'm really lucky to be a part of this organization or, oh, wow, do I need to leave this organization? <laughs> I don't know yeah. what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I've seen organizations that I've supported and loved and played for my my whole youth hockey career uh, that that are slipping, man. And it, they're not meeting the expectations that, that they have been telling people that they were going to be given out. And it yeah. drives me insane, man. Yeah. And if I was a parent, I would be 
pissed if I was paying whatever I'm paying. And, you know, you think you're getting workouts three to four times a week and you're getting nutritionist help and you're getting all these things, then you're not getting those. So like, you know, it goes both ways and, and everybody just needs to work on transparency first and foremost, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, with that, um, we can get to the topic at hand, and that is the cost of youth hockey, because it's not very transparent a lot of the times. A lot of times, like I said, parents are writing what seems to be a check, and they don't really know where their money is going. (laughs) So I think what we want to do today is just kind of educate people on where that money goes and how the costs of hockey have grown over the past you know, however many years and why it's so freaking expensive right now. And, you know, if you haven't done it yet, and I don't think I've mentioned it yet this episode, but um, I wrote an article about the cost of AAA hockey a few years ago, and I dove really deep into it. And, and what I did is I put out on social media, on all of my platforms, you know, I just asked the question, hey, if you're a hockey parent, and you feel comfortable, could you tell me what you're paying all in for your kid to play AAA hockey? And I had so many people from so many different places that wrote back to me. And it it was crazy because like a lot of them were kind of like, I didn't realize how crazy this was until I wrote it all down, (laughs) you know, because you're writing a check here to go to this tournament and on this travel trip and, you know, to the organization and it, and it adds up like a lot. Right. And so, you know, what I wanted to know is like what people are actually paying to play AAA hockey and, and, and why, like, where do those funds go to? Right. And so the first part of this is, you know, what are people paying And the answer to that is really like, it depends. It really depends where you live on how much you're paying to play AAA. Like the the teams out West in the US are paying huge amounts of money. Why? Because they're traveling two weekends a month for six months a year and they're getting on a plane every time they're doing it. And that adds up a lot. You know, as opposed to Minnesota, which is more of the community based model where they're playing kind of a before and after high school season. There's the elite league, you know, and then they're going into their high school season. They're not paying as much. And then you get into like the Midwest, the Chicago's and the Detroit's. And um, then you got out east. It's 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 different. Um, And it's just it really depends on on where you live. Um, but I think everybody would agree that it's a lot <laughs> either way. Yeah. I, and, and I, I've said this before on the podcast, like I had a buddy of mine from Boston. He, he asked me, he's like, Toph, like he's got a kid that's like a peewee right now. He's like, when my kid gets to like ban a major and midgets, is there any options for me outside of Minnesota where I'm not paying close to 30 grand for my kid to play all in? And I was kind of like, based on the responses that I got from all of the people, 
you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, some people are not maybe 30,000, but maybe like 20, 25, you know, and, and you're not getting much lower than that unless you're part of a high school season. And if you're going full triple a from August until April, like that's, that's a long time and a lot of money that you're going to be paying. Right. And so the answer of how much is it, it depends on your age as well, right? Like the younger kids are not going on the ice maybe three times a week or four times a week, as opposed to uh, the Bantams and the Midgets. You know, you have your academy model now, like there's so many different ways, but at the end of the day, like um, if you're playing triple A hockey, you're at minimum probably 10 to 15, let's say. Um, and, and that's at the low end, like that's at the very, very low end. And so it's just, it's, it's pretty crazy that it's gotten to this point. Um, and so what I wanted to do next is talk about like, where, where is the money going? Like what, why is it so expensive? And it's basically like five different things. And we can go through these, um, you know, with a fine tooth comb and we will hear after I kind of introduce them all. Um, the first one is travel. Um, the travel is insane. Um, we'll get into that. Uh, number two is ice costs. Ice costs are absolutely ridiculous. Um, number three is like coach and administrator fees. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, number four is equipment. Equipment is expensive. <laughs> and number five is just year-round sports specialization. Year-round sports specialization, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast, but it it it's not it's not cheap <laughs> when you play 12 years or sorry, 12 months a year. Um, and so yeah, so those are the four reasons. And um, we'll get into it and um we'll start with travel. Wanna go in that order? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I know you have some strong feelings towards this. So, wow. I think travel goes into like how many games are played per year too. And, and also along with travel, like our city of St. Louis, like I, I talked to parents, my gym is in a rink here guys. And, uh, it's not a triple a rink, but it does go up to central States and they have a lot of players there. Um, a lot of, a lot of play, you know, four, four or 500 in this organization. And there's a couple of other organizations with a couple hundred that play out of there as well. Um, all the way up to the U 18 level. And, I had a mom approach me last off season telling me how, uh, or maybe it was the beginning of this season telling me how, you know, last year her 11 year old goalie played 80 games last year. And I was like, she's like, he needs help with his hips. And I was like, yeah, he's going to need a whole new body. He's 11 and he's playing 80 games. What is happening here? And, and to go along with that, talking about like costs if you have teams in town, you can play less games and play those teams in town more, or you can just play less games and practice more, or you can play a few less games and add some workouts in on different weekends. Like all of these things are going to help the kids just as much, if not more on the totality from a holistic approach than just traveling all the time. And it's going to save parents so much friggin' money to go on five to six to seven less trips a year, especially when the players are below like 13. Like, come on, guys, come on, like stand up for yourselves. And you, th- you think about too, like 
you talk about investing your money into this. Like some people think of this as an investment in their kid to get them to whatever the highest level is making it, like we talked about before. Imagine if you took, let's call it three trips out of, let's just call it three. We'll take three trips out of your season, which is 12 games. Let's say it's 12 games, which at the end of the day, most teams are playing 70 games. That's still 60, which is still way too much. But let's take three trips out of it. Let's take the gas, the hotels, the food, um, you know, everything that goes in it. Let's say it's, let's say it's for round numbers. Let's say it's two grand. Let's say it's two grand. For the whole team? No, no, no. Per family. Oh, okay, so like okay. travel, you know, you know, you're going three nights in a hotel, you're talking food, you're talking gas, you're talking entertainment, right. whatever. I mean, you're talking tournament fee, all this kind of stuff. Let's just say it's two grand for round numbers because you and I were not math majors in college. That's for damn sure. Hi. Okay. So you take three less of those. Okay. That's six grand back in your pocket. Okay. Ooh. Here's what we're going to do. Number one, we're going to invest in more strength and conditioning for our kid which will go way more. We'll invest in a skills coach, which will go way further. And we, you know what? We're going to take a damn family vacation because at the end of the day, we freaking need it because life is hard and you need to freaking rewind and unwind and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to take that six grand that we just saved. We've, we're missing 12 games. That's it. 12 games. I know these games are the most important games in the world because all the scouts are there and the best teams are going to be there and it's good, good for my hockey rankings and whatever. If you really want your kid to make it and you think it's an investment, why wouldn't you invest in the things that actually make them better? Right. <laughs> Amen. So get at on end, it. At the end of the day, like that's what's going to get your kid to the levels that they want to get to it's making them better because they have to be a very good hockey player to achieve those levels it's not the tournament that they played at it's not like you know my my kids team is my hockey rankings and they're going to be at this place while everybody else is that place and yada 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 like especially at the younger ages too i mean come on guys like really like seriously so that's where um again like people who are playing hockey can obviously afford it. Most people can like, if you want to invest your money into this thing, like invest it on the things that matter and the travel and all of the games, imagine just like literally like imagine taking some of that dough for 12 games and it should, it, maybe it's 20 games. <laughs> it's probably it's probably closer to 20. It would be honestly. better to let's, let's call it 20 games, you know? So it's five less weekends that you're traveling. Let, let alone three and imagine what you can do for your kid, your son or your daughter from a development standpoint with the money that you're going to save from not going on those tournaments and, and or games, not, not to beat a dead horse to finish his point off, like talking about doing it for the development sake. Like think about this. If your kid's a squirt or a peewee, even a bantam, you know, like think about how many shifts they get in a game. Now think about how many puck touches they get. Now think about how many they get in a practice. They're getting way more work in a practice than they ever will in a game. They're getting way more puck touches. They're getting way, they're getting coached. They're getting instruction. So especially at the very young levels, it just makes so much more sense to fill those with practice time. And the kids love practicing too. 
And on top of that, when you play less games, the games become more special, right? Like I played pro hockey for 10 years. All right. Little secret about pro sports. There's games where pro athletes, they show up and they're like, oh my God, I got a game tonight. Like that, that happens. You play so many freaking games. Like, <laughs> like I hate to bring down the fourth wall, but like that does happen in locker rooms. And that's so, why college hockey is so cool too. I mean, right. Because so every, many, game like every game is important. Yeah. Right. And you're so amped up to play because you only play 36, 40 games, whatever it is. So th- there's just so many reasons on top of being able to save yourselves all money to kind of put your foot down and be like, look, we're not playing 70 games. The kid is 10. Yeah. And let's talk about um, something as it relates to like travel and, and like tournaments and stuff like tournaments have gotten out of hand. They've literally gotten out of hand and you know, it's hard to go to a tournament with an entry fee of less than like $2,000 now for a team. Um, then there are there are literal tournament companies that charge a tournament fee and then charge the parents to get into games you know what oh yeah oh dude oh, oh yeah that, i didn't know that that's oh tough. yeah buddy. unless that money is 100% going to charity you should slap yourselves in the face oh no yeah there's an entrance there's a gate fee <laughs> <laughs> what Oh no, I'm, dude! I'm not kidding. Steph, Steph can back me up. Like, or or unless the rink is in trouble and it's a community rink, like okay, at least that's no. It's not the rink. It's a no, tournament it's... company. It's not wow, the rink. It's dude. tournament companies, wow. and you know you're you're going like some of these tournaments. Like they're not even three periods. You know they're they're halves because you know ice costs and they're trying to fit as many games as possible and you got you know you're playing the first period on bad ice and like oh dude come on like it's it's insane it's absolutely insane and these people are pocketing and where they make the most money and and parents will definitely empathize with this is ask parents when they go to these tournaments how much their hotels cost are they getting jacked up on the hotels too? Oh yeah, because who's getting a cut of those hotels? It's the tournaments. Uh, the tournaments and the hotels work together. And so you go and they tell you what hotel or they give you a, a list of hotels that you have to stay at or else you can't play in the tournament. No and way. Then, and you, then you can't play in the tournament? Yeah, it's called stay to play. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But so is let's this say Russia? The, So this let's say the hotel regularly costs $109. Or because for math safe, let's say it's a hundred dollars. Families are getting charged 150 bucks for these hotel rooms and they have to stay there for three nights. So that's four hundred and fifty dollars. And these tournament companies at are getting least. at least, right? And these tournament and even companies if you lose, you still have to pay for that last night. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. And so these tournament companies are getting a kickback for every single one of these rooms. So imagine, imagine you're running a big tournament that let's say has 50 teams in it. And that's not even a big tournament. All right. Let's say you're running a tournament with 50 teams and let's say 50 teams times 20 kids on a team. Um, and they have to stay three nights and you're getting a kickback of let's just say $20 a night when it's probably $8 more billion dollars. Is that what that <laughs> math just came out to? Did I do that right? Close to it. Close to it. Close to it. Right. Um, and so, yeah, dude, like that's, that's, 
that's serious dough. That's serious, serious money all coming on the backs of the consumer, which is the hockey parent and the hockey families. And so you talk about travel, like now take three of those out. Take three of those out of your schedule. Three of those tournaments out of your schedule. Imagine the money you're going to be saving. Wow. You know? And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, dude, it's, it's crazy. I didn't, you didn't know that. I did not know that. And like, the only thing that comes to my mind is that Twisted Sister song. We're not gonna take it. (laughs) No, we ain't gonna take it. But that's where, but that's where like, and it goes back to the fear of missing out. It, it, it comes back to, um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and needing to be in the best tournaments to get seen by scouts and all this kind of stuff. Like these tournament companies are, are capitalizing off of that. Now, it's a free country. It's a capitalist country. These people can do whatever they want. I, I know a lot of these tournament people and they're really good people. Like they're good people. Um, doesn't mean I think they aren't charging an arm and a leg and way too much and pocketing a lot off of <laughs> at least a few talkie, you know, and, and a lot of these people mean, well, you know, they're, they're putting these tournaments together and getting these teams together. That makes it easy for junior scouts when you're a midget or college scouts to go and, and, you know, watch a lot of players in the same spot. Um, so there's some definite merit to that, but at the end of the day, like these people are making a ton of money, a ton of money. And, and, and it's unnecessary for people to be playing these many games. And I think it's just important to talk about, like, this is where your money goes, people like, this is where your money goes. So the next time you go to a tournament and you have to stay at a hotel because the team tells you, you have to stay at a hotel because it's part of the tournament package and your hotel room is ridiculously expensive. Now, you know why (laughs) you probably already did, but like, it's crazy. Tell them to read between the lines. (laughs) Jeff is holding up three fingers for all of you <laughs> for this audio podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. That's, that is, is that like, that's like racketeering or that's some kind of like uh point shaving. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but it's something illegal that, that that's like, it's not illegal, but it's like illegal. Like that's just, man, that's scummy. I feel, I feel for you parents. That's yeah. So that's, so the travel, I think travel is, is a big, you know, a, a huge part of the reason why hockey is so expensive, particularly at the AAA level, but it's happening in double A and, and, and younger than that. And, um, so with the, like the dissolvement of the community-based model in a lot of these different places outside of like maybe some parts of Massachusetts and, and, and Minnesota, um, like this is what happens. <laughs> this is yeah. what happens, man. And, uh, yeah. So especially like if you're on the West coast, like I was saying, and, and you're, you know, traveling on by a plane 10 times a year to go to these kinds of showcases and tournaments, it, it gets to be a lot. So, uh, travel is a huge, huge piece to it. Huge, Makes huge sense. piece to it. Hey guys, I want to introduce you to a new company called Nord VPN that allows you to watch things from all over the world and also has an unbelievable security feature for you too. If you're bored of US Netflix, why not take it for a spin in the UK? Using Nord VPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. There's no need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN can also bring it right to you. With over 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using our show's link at nordvpn.com slash think tank, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. NordVPN also has unbelievable security features that can help protect you, and they've doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. 
say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there is literally no risk to you with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like, great. If not, they'll issue you a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again at nordvpn.com slash think tank to get your subscription started today. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash think tank. Okay, moving on. Let's go to ice costs. Do you have any knowledge, any perspective, anything on ice costs before I get into it? Uh, I know what I get it for here in St. Louis in the off season for my guys, but I'm not going to talk about that. So, uh, cause Part of I the get problem, it. I get, <laughs> no, Part of I the problem. Get, well, I, I buy ice every single day once the, you know, once the summer is heating up in the mornings, uh, you know, for my, for my guys to go work, uh, skate after they work out with me. So little bit different situation here i have heard that it's like i have heard now though over the last couple of years that a lot of rinks across the country now charge an extra fee to use the zamboni is that is that real is that a thing? i actually never heard that dude i heard that i've heard that <laughs> well i mean be- it's uh, i guess okay so i i've never heard it like that but like you're you're getting yeah, I guess that makes that yes, because you, there's an hour time slot and sometimes you get charged an hour 15 because well, I, you know, I've been told literally they when people are buying ice other places, they're like, okay, if you want the ice unscraped, it's 375. You want the ice scraped, it's 410. Uh, like I've never stuff heard like of that. that. Yeah, I've and I've heard that, that from people in diff- multiple different cities. And I'm like, what? yeah, a lot of times it's baked in, it's baked into the ice cost. Like they won't, they won't advert, like they're not going to advertise it because that sounds right. insane. Right. Right. But like in their books or the way that they kind of look at it, you yeah. know, it's, it's I actually heard there. that was a Chicago thing was the first place I'd heard that was. Oh, happening. really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but there's, there's a history to ice costs and, and why it, is so seemingly expensive right now. So when we were growing up and and prior to that, and it was changing, I think a little bit as we were getting a little bit older, but most of the rinks that people skated at were community-based rinks. You know, they were owned by the park district. They were owned by the town. It was a place of recreation. So it was a part of like a park. Uh, maybe there was like a skate park or a, a ball field, or it was just like, it was a place for people to go to, obviously play hockey or baseball or football or whatever in these communities. And what has happened over the recent past is a lot of these rinks have been um, bought by private entities and, you know, the community based rinks, all they really had to do was break even. It was part of the community. It was subsidized by the community. It was there for the community. Whereas now these privatized rinks, they're, got to make a profit. <laughs> they're owned by investors and they're owned by people who are looking to make money on on their investment of of buying a rink. And you know what you've kind of seen especially with the energy costs going up and um just with who knows where government money goes, people are are slashing costs left and right from a government standpoint and taking away subsidies for community-based stuff. Um so these these rinks they they can't survive. Um because they would take the ice out in the summer and it would be roller hockey. You know how it used to be like, right, right. You, you know, it was a hockey season started in late August or early September and it went to March. And then maybe you did a spring league at some of the rinks that were still open, but most of them kind of shut down. 
and and now again like all of these private companies or these investors have bought up all these new rinks and so what have they done they've jacked up the prices they've absolutely jacked up the price and it's, and it's happened everywhere it's it's literally happened everywhere so like the the cost of ice now the cost of energy obviously has gone up a lot too and it 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 costs a lot to run a rink <laughs> um thanks brandon <laughs> shut up <laughs> um and so like yeah, it's just the the privatization of hockey rinks across the U.S., across Canada, has really contributed to the expensiveness of of hockey. Makes sense. That's, that is crazy. Yeah, I always I always forgot like that they always took ice out uh, every every summer, and like oh, yeah. even even in the rinks that I grew up at, where it was maybe a two or three sheet rink at least one or two of the three was down totally for two to three months, saving them ice cost. And then, but then also like they would, they would make it like roller hockey tournaments there. So you were able, they were able to make money like in other ways too, or play box lacrosse in there and do all these other things that, that, you know, are probably way cheaper to run the rink and be able to turn a profit from that standpoint. Also, at least I would think, you know, not having to have those compressors on and, upkeep of the ice and paying Zamboni drivers and all these things. Right. Right. Yeah. So like the rinks that used to be kind of funded by taxpayer money, um, as a place for the community to go to, you know, do their thing. Like now it's just, it's not like that anymore. Um, and it's, it's tough, man. Like it's tough because, and we're going to talk about sports specialization and year round hockey a little bit later. Um, but you know, now rinks are, are, you know, if they have to make money, that means people have to be on the ice and maximizing profits means people have to be on the ice more. And the more people you can get on the ice, the better. And, and it's, uh, yeah, it's led to a lot of bad stuff for sure. A lot of bad stuff. So, uh, we talked about travel, we talked about ice costs. Um, now we'll talk about coach and administrator fees. So this is a really interesting one. Um, and number one, I'm going to say like, it's different everywhere you go. <laughs> I would say there's a lot more people that are making a living as a youth hockey coach now um, without like another job than there used to be when we were growing up. Um, and and I'll, I'll say I was one of them. You know, I I was one of them for sure. And and I made a lot of money, particularly last year in Chicago, like coaching youth hockey and being a program director. Um, and so it's it's a really interesting question because the one thing that really grinds people's gears in hockey particular well no i'm not going to say particularly the triple a because it happens it at the younger levels too is parent versus non-parent coaches mm. how often have you heard that yeah for sure <laughs> you know yeah. and so it's one of those things where you know a lot of times like you know, there was a parent coach that would coach the team. And obviously you're not paying the parent coach. Maybe that parent's not paying fees or something like that for their time. But, um, you know, but that comes with a lot of baggage. <laughs> and when you get to the older levels, so many people want a non-parent coach to coach their kids' teams because now there's not favoritism and, 
you know, all the things that come with that. And it just, uh, I think that's like a really big topic that like really heats people up, especially when they like have a parent coach or I've heard so many people say like, I, I need my kid to have a non-parent coach when they get to Bantams or when they get to midgets, you know, but like at the end of the day, what I'll say to that is like, dude, like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, and you know, to do that for free, um, and, and having gone through it, I you understand just how much it could be if you want to do it the right way, like how much time that is. Um, but it, it's interesting. Have you heard a lot of like the, the parent versus non-parent stuff? Oh, for sure. Especially probably around like the mm, Bantam, Bantam age. That's when I start to hear it a lot because pe- people yeah. know that not time is running out, but you know, time is, you know, there's a, there's a crunch there to make it to junior hockey or, or, you know, the kind of the dream is, is dead. So I definitely do hear that one for sure. Yeah. So, you know, and it's one of those things where like people, um, people are, and, and, and again, this is not to say because I, I did it, man. Like I, I, I've, I've coached at the youth level and I made a living off of it. Um, and so it happens and it's just like, it's a tough one because you could do a lot of good, but it's like, it's crazy because I think about like coaches that I had when I was younger and that were doing it on a, like a kind of volunteer basis as well, <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I was lucky because like I was still doing the hockey think tank stuff while I was coaching. And so like I could supplement some stuff with that and like, but um, like the coach administrator fees, depending on where you're at, like it could be a lot, it could be a lot. And, and I think like, you know, I would ask the, like, if I'm a parent, like I'm asking these questions, like I'm asking the organization, like, where's my money going? You know, like, can I get like itemized? Like, you know, this is going here. And, and most organizations could probably do that if you asked. Um, so it's like, it's a catch 20 and I don't want to say catch 22, but like, it's like a interesting discussion on coach or administrator fees, because like some people will pay an arm and a leg. They want to pay that money to make sure that their kid is getting, you know, coached by somebody that's going to help them and and not just necessarily get to the next level or make it or whatever, but just be a good mentor and all that. Like, what does that cost to a parent? You know, Um, you know, on the other hand though, like, and, and I'll say it, like I was paid way too much, like way too much. I was on the other end of the spectrum. I was paid way too little. (laughs) Yeah. No, like I was literally like, I lost like $10,000 a year coaching. Yeah. That's what I figured. It was around 10 to 15,000. Yes. All dude. Cause I had not work. And then I had, I worked seven days a week. And so then I had to take off Friday, Saturday, Sunday for every time we went out of town. And then I had to be at the other rink where my gym wasn't for three hours a night, every, you know, three, four days a week, like the amount of time that I was out. And then I was only being paid, I think it was three or four, $4,000 a coach one year, I think it was, you know, for a, however many games schedule it was and, and then losing all the money that time did not work. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, So yeah, I, I think that like, you know, when you really do the math on it and it's, it's, it's difficult too, because like, I, I don't know what a coach is worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like what, what is it co- yeah. like, you know, would you pay a thousand dollars for an entire year? Would you pay $5,000 for an entire year? If you have a, a team of 20 kids, what, what's, what's a fair price for somebody that's taking, let's call it, um, 
you know, 10 hours out of their week, plus traveling two weekends a month, uh, you know, taking away weekends from family and stuff like, I, I don't know what that, what that right price is or whatever. And it's different in different places and it's different based on how good you are and how good your organization is and the time and effort that you put into the work that you do with the kids. Um, but like, it's real, man. Like that's where your dollars go. Like they go to, especially if you're playing at a high end AAA program, like your dollars are going to the coach. A lot of them, <laughs> Yeah, they're going to a lot of them, a lot of the travel, a lot of the ice costs and, and not just like the, um, you know, the coach, but like a lot of these organizations now have like a business, like a treasurer, um, somebody that like an accountant or consultant fees for people. So the money is all in the right spots. Then you have like camp directors for like some, like there's just a lot of different stuff going on. A lot of administrative stuff, which is where a lot of the money is going to. Wild dude. It's that's wild. Yeah. 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 And so um, any, anything else when it comes to that? I would just say like, I would just say with, with that one, it's just like, just ask, man, like ask. Well, if I'm a parent, I definitely, like you said, I want an itemized like bill to where my, my fees are going 100%. I would be asking for that. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, same with going to tournaments now, I'd be asking <laughs> now that, that you too, know, clearly <laughs> now that you know, right. Um, okay. So the last or the second to last thing we'll talk about is equipment. Um, equipment is really expensive nowadays, really expensive nowadays. Um, and I'm, I'm really nervous about that cause I got three kids. <laughs> and so, uh, but like my kid, like my kids are using wood sticks until they're like 20 <laughs> <laughs> until they can, you know, they play for a team, they can buy them for them or something like that. Um, I, I would say with, with that stuff, like, um, equipment is for number one safety and number two performance like at the end of the day and so like for me i just need to know that the equipment is like gonna keep my kids safe and you know if i can afford to do something that helps with performance great if not it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day like hockey is a simple sport and i know there's all these new technologies and new sticks and maybe at the pro level or the college level like that stuff matters a little bit more um, and Nar would like kill me for saying he's a big stick guy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to uh, say, yeah, to me it mattered, but yeah, definitely not below like squirt and below. No. But anyway, so like, I would just say, um, you know, do it like safety first, right? Safety first, make right. sure it's safe. You know, the second tier skate. Even at, you know, the, not the pro, not the college, not the junior level, but, you know, like, and also depending if you're not a triple A player, like you don't necessarily need that, that top end skate. The number two line is still good. And up until they're and number three and number four and number yeah, five, you know, yeah. like if, if, if they're younger, you know, they don't need thousand dollar skates when they're six like trust me that's not it, it probably actually might even hurt them because like they're not getting enough like dorsiflexion in those super stiff boots and stuff like that you they might be better off using the cheaper skates yeah yeah it's um it's functionality it's safety um those are the things that are most important i think you know as you're going in to buy equipment do it with like see if you can get deals and people with bulk I know that like organizations are doing that now where, you know, when you buy a certain amount of things, then, you know, it's obviously cheaper based on 
quantity and and how much you're buying and stuff. So if you can rally your organization to team up with a, a company and companies are always looking to do that because um, it means more people wearing their stuff, which means more dollars in their investors' pockets, which means everybody's happy, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so, um, you know, I would encourage everybody to try and and band together and group together to to buy things, to be able to do that. Um, and then at the end of the day, like a lot of this expensive stuff, all it is, is like cheesy marketing, man. Like all it is, is cheesy marketing. And I remember a specific story when I was playing junior hockey, it was really funny. Um, our, our assistant coach, you know, guys were kind of like complaining about sticks and like how they weren't good and yada, yada, yada. And he brought like our leadership group back with the captains. And and he was like, you guys, are you gotta be kidding me? And he already said, he was like, when I was playing at your age, it was either here, here's a left Titan or here's a right Titan. Now go and play. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and I, but I honestly, like, I do think there's some merit to that. I think a lot of kids feel like if they're not like using the best, most up-to-date, like marketed equipment that like, they're not going to be able to play at their best like, no, that's just not true guys. Like, that's just not true at all. At the end of the day, like hockey is a sport. And like, if you want it more than the other person, that's a lot more important than like the kind of stick that you have versus that person. Um, if you shoot pucks in your basement, you know, a hundred pucks a night, uh, with a, with a pretty good stick versus, you know, just going out to practice and not doing any of the extras with the top of the line stick, I'm going to take the person who shoots a hundred pucks with the, you know, not so great stick. hundred <laughs> percent uh, of the time, a hundred percent of the time. And, you know, I feel like that's where equipment gets like equated with performance when at the end of the day, like, can it help two, three, four, 5%? Yeah, maybe. And, and when you get to the highest levels, is that two, three, four, 5% important? Absolutely. It is. Is it important in Bantams and Midgets? Is it important in Butte? I don't think so. In my opinion, I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know how it is nowadays. Like kids get like anxious and get anxiety about their equipment, man. Like it's insane how like particular they can be about this stuff and, and how it affects how they play if like things aren't in the right, you know, form with their equipment or something's a little bit off. And it's like I used to be one of those guys a little bit. I won't lie. Uh that is one really good thing Hastings broke me up he came up to me one day and I wasn't even doing it that day like I just when I would tape my sticks a lot of times I would flip my sticks upside down because if I was using white tape I didn't want like somebody to step on them or like cut it or get it dirty after I waxed it it wasn't because of superstition I would just flip them upside down because of that and he saw him in the locker room and he came up to me and he was telling me like I was a mental midget and like only weak, <laughs> only weak people need to like have superstition and blah. And he was right. He was right. I, I stopped being superstitious that day. From that day on, I wasn't like superstitious like I was anymore. I had routines, but not superstitions after that. And so, you know, I do. I totally agree with you. That's uh, that's something that probably good old consumerism kind of has gotten into players heads, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And parents too, you know, like, Definitely. you know, if my kid doesn't have, you know, the top of the line, I want to give, and, and it's all out of a good place, right? Like I want to give my kid the best and, but the, dude, like your kid doesn't need the best. Right. <laughs> your kid has to love hockey. Your kid has to be competitive. Your kid has to be a good teammate. Like I, I hope that people like don't equate 
like nice stuff with good hockey player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. you're right. I think that's the most important thing, you know, and uh, give me, give me the heart, not the, not the top of the line stick any day of the week, any day of the week. Agreed. So, uh, okay. So we've gone through travel. We've gone through ice costs. We've gone through coach and administrator fees. We've gone through equipment. And then the last thing we'll talk about is just the year round sports specialization of hockey. And, you know, people are paying these exorbitant fees. Like I was saying the 25 to $30,000, you know, a year at the higher levels of AAA hockey, um, you know, in like Bantams and midgets, but then they're paying for a skills coach in the summer. And then they're paying for, um, you know, and not to say that they shouldn't be because those people can make you a better hockey player, but it just adds to it. It just adds to the cost and adds to the cost and adds to the cost and adds to the cost. And if you're not with the right people in the summer, your kid's going to get hurt from overuse injuries. Like, I can't tell you how many camps and clinics I've gone to where I cringe because like they're doing things, you know, that they should be doing in November or October or in a training camp, not oh. in July. And, and I'm like, man, like this kid's going to have, maybe not this year, but at some point in their career, if this kid keeps this up with this coach or doing these certain things in the summer, he's going to have a hip surgery by the time he's 17, 18 years old. Dude, that's, that drives me nuts too. And that's another, uh, that's another thing that I see too, is a lot of guys who played at high levels who get out of the game and don't know what to do. So instinctively they go back to hockey and they run camps all summer long camp after camp after camp and the same kids sign up all summer long and it's like you got kids playing skating twice a day four to five days a week for three months in the summer like what you know that's not right you know oh, yeah. that's not right but you know it's what they're doing to to make money and 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 uh yeah you know that stuff pisses me off too and it's like you know you know better if you don't know better okay but like if you know better, like, come on, come on, guys, yeah. let's be better here. Like when we were growing up and I hate to be this, like when we were growing up person, but like <laughs> we walked we, uphill both ways. To the <laughs> yeah. But you know, the season was over. You played baseball and you had a spring league with your buddies that you played hockey with where it was a game a week and it was just like fun four on four, you know, and then you went to sports camp. Yeah. Um, in the summer, you know, or like even other people would go to like sleepaway camp, you know, for four weeks or eight weeks or whatever it was, depending on what he wanted to do. And now again, it goes back to these privatized rinks who are looking to maximize profits, need as many people on their ice in the summer as they can. And so you're right too. Like a lot of times it's the same kids. That's the same customers over and over and over. They're not like getting new people in. They're just like regurgitating the same customers over and over and over and over. And then, and, and again, like I will preface this in saying that I'm not saying that some of these people don't do a really good job because at the end of the day, like people need childcare and school's not happening. <laughs> so you have to send your kids somewhere. Right. 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 And, and so I, I would really like, caution people to look at the schedule of a day of what your kid is doing during the day. Because if you're, if your kid's like 12 years old and just either going through puberty or getting ready to go through puberty or even pre-puberty, like, and you see that they're skating twice a day, five days a week for this camp, you know, like that's not good. Your kid's going to get hurt, man. Like your kid's going to get hurt and your kid's going to get burnt out. And when August comes around, when they should be excited to go to the rink, they're going to be burnt out. And so I just caution people 
I mean, this we're, we're talking about cost of hockey here and it is a cost because maybe you're paying a grand for your kid to go to this camp um during the summer or whatever it is 500 bucks it's different in different places but like man you have to give these kids a break you have to give these kids a break and um you're you're gonna hurt them mentally and physically if you continue to grind on them and they're not gonna want to play they're just not it's we've seen it with so many players when we were playing, when we were coaching, when we were mentoring, all these things, we've seen it happen time and time and time and time and time again. And then, you know, in, in my own career too, like if I could go back and, and, you know, maybe I played the spring league, but then I played soccer or I played basketball. Like if I would have played other sports, it would have made me better at hockey because as I got older, I, I started playing other sports as part of my training to be a better hockey player. Right. So if I would have done that when I was younger, I'm just like, man, and all the best players I played with, they're all the most athletic, right? They have all these tools in their toolbox to answer all the problems that occur on the ice. And that's from playing multiple sports and being exposed to all these different movement patterns and, and thinking and skills and all of these things. So, you know, being on the ice more isn't the answer, especially for everybody. Totes, totes my goats. Um, okay. To end this off here. I, uh, so I, again, like if you got something out of this, like I wrote this article a few years back, it's on the hockey think tank.com. You just Google like the cost of AAA hockey um, and it'll pop up. And it was like one of the most shared, retweeted, liked, commented social media posts. It's probably in the top five that I've ever done. Um, and so we get into a lot of detail, obviously, on this podcast. But if you want even kind of more, I don't want to say more, but like in a written word perspective, um, go to that. And and one of the things that I ended the piece with was something that my dad told me a while ago. And uh it's it's really interesting because the the quote was something to the effect of like triple a hockey is not for the best players it's for the best players that can afford it Ooh. you know yeah. um yeah. and it's true and and the thing that pains me about where this sport and 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 not just this sport but dude it's it's all sports this ain't a youth hockey problem this is a youth sports problem and it's much crazier in other sports than it is in hockey. I don't, maybe not much crazier, but maybe it's equally amount as crazy, but like we're losing great kids and great families from this sport because they can't afford it. That's a fact. That's a fact. When I have a parent coming up to me, asking me, I've done all my research and I can't find a spot to put my kid in midget hockey that doesn't cost less than $30,000. Like that, that's, that pains my stomach that like it pains my stomach, man. And so, and, and that $30,000, like 20,000, whatever it is, like, that's not just like going to the org. That's, that's all in, right. That's like all in of what they're paying for a year for their kid to play. Um, how many people can afford that? Like legitimately, how many people can afford that? I don't. I have three kids, man. I have. I, that's what I was just kids. thinking. I have three kids. Is there any way in hell, if prices don't decrease, let alone like they're gonna increase, but there's no way. I, my kids are four years. I have five year old, a three year old, and a one year old. They're four years apart, top to bottom. I could have three kids playing AAA hockey at the same time. 
I would have to quit my job and coach them so they could do that. <laughs> so that you could get it for free. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like, I'm not kidding. I can't afford that. Dude, I don't know how anybody does, honestly. And, you know, and 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 like that like worries me, dude. Like, if my kids fall in love with the game that I fell in love with and want, and we'll do whatever we can for our kids. Like we will do, and everybody listening know it's the same thing. Like we will do whatever we can for our kids. If I have three girls playing triple A hockey, and let's say it's not thirty thousand, let's say it's twenty thousand dollars, let's say it's fifteen thousand dollars, like I got college to pay for, I got bill like bills to pay. Like, I mean, gee, can you imagine that? Uh, no, that's why I don't have kids yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stash it all away. were expensive, be, but to, holy cow. To be prepared for this. You know? So, like, I, it's just, it's absolutely insane. And, like, this this move from the, the community-based model to the professional private model in hockey, you know, obviously it, it's had some some positives, but, like, at the end of the day, like, it's just made us nuts. It's made us absolutely nuts and it's, it's, it's made it expensive. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's been good for our sport. I, I, I don't like it's pricing people out. It really is. It's, and it, that pains me to say it, but like how many really great, awesome families of, of kids who were like good hockey players that had potential to maybe do something in the sport didn't and chose yeah. another sport because they, either they couldn't afford it or they didn't want to invest that much money into it, you know? And, and so I don't know, man, like I, I know I, I, I'm a solutions person. I don't like talking about problems without talking about solutions. I, I, I don't know of many aside from doing this podcast and telling people not to play hockey um, for 12 months a year other than telling people that it's absolutely ridiculous to play 70 to 80 games a year, you know, other than just, just the education of, of what we're doing. Like, this is why we do what we do. We want to help. We want to like make this sport more accessible. We want to make this sport more affordable. Like um, we just want what's best for this sport that gave us our lives. And it's, it's hard to find solutions to these problems with where we're at. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, it's very, very hard. There's now, no like knowledge is power. Like knowledge is in power, and that's that's what we're trying to do. But at the end of the day, knowledge is only knowledge without action. You know, unless there's action, unless there's people willing to take less money, <laughs> unless there's you know coaches or organizations putting game limits on their you know um, things. Unless it, it, like if there's families that say, I'm not going to that tournament. If I have to pay a gate fee to get in, to watch my kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. they band together and like, this is freaking absolutely stupid. Or they go to these tournaments and say, we are not paying an extra $60 a night to a hotel, you know, that's going directly into your pockets. Like, no, I don't want to do that. It like, how about, about banding together and saying, you're not going to tell me where I can spend my money to sleep. All right. We're not going to take it. <laughs> I would just have like a boom box on my shoulder at every tournament. And when they tried to hit me with a stupid fee play, boom, we're not. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. 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 So um, with, with this, you know, we, what we wanted to do is we wanted to provide a little bit of perspective on where the costs are at and, and why they are that way. 
Um, and along with, you know, just trying to help put some perspective onto uh, some of the things that plagues our, our sport, which cost is, is a big thing that does, you know? And so hopefully with this, and, and again, I go, go read the article that I wrote a few years ago, if you, you want a little bit more to it, um, or just a little bit of a different spin and, you know, we, we want what's best for, for our game. And, uh, we're, we're hoping that some of these things could potentially change selfishly for me having three kids who might want to play hockey. Like, I would love that. God, I hope the hell, I hope they change for you. For your sake. You know? So, um, yeah, I, uh, you got anything else, anything else to add? The only other thing that I, I would add to this, and it's something that I've literally been trying to push St. Louis to do for like ever, like a decade is like, get it, get, get a really great crew of uh great businessmen and have them hit that are, involved in the organization have kids coaches whatever and get them freaking hitting the pavement to work with like all the big companies in your city like i don't know like the AAA blues here in town like why aren't they the enterprise blues why aren't they the first form blues why aren't they yeah. the schnooks blues the deerbergs blues like these are all massive businesses that are from st louis and the AAA team is a 501c3 now yes it's easy for me to just say that but like I'm sure there's some kind of deal that can be worked out where it can help all the families and then they're getting, you know, the, the tax benefits of it. I, I just think, you know, more organizations should, should, and I'm sure they are, but I don't know, like that, that's something that I would be hammering. Like I would be relentless on that because it would help families, even if it eases their, their spending a couple percentage points, you know, it's going to be massive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and to end it to, I love that point. I think that's massive. Like being able to just any way you can with sponsorship. Like, lose your ego. Who gives yeah. a shit what the team's called? Yeah. Um, and, and here's what I'll say to end this. Um, I think that the cost ain't going down anytime soon. No. I think that's just the reality, right? Would you agree? Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. There's no so, way. So, so here's what I will challenge all of the parents that are listening to this podcast. Um, I would challenge them to find out what they're paying for, because because at the end of the day, let's say you are what's called investing twenty thousand dollars per year into your kid playing triple A hockey. I want to know damn well that it's worth it. Because if I'm playing for a coach that cares about my kid, if I'm playing for a coach that makes my kid better, you know, if there's good families on the team and it's a good experience, could be worth it. You know, could be worth it. Again, I don't know dollar amounts and worth it is different for different people, but the reality is that's what the cost is right now. Right. And so we, and, and we challenge you to just make sure that, the bang is worth the buck. Um, make sure the bang is worth the buck, you know? And, and so I would be asking questions and, 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 you know, like where's the money going and what's the develop, what's the development plan? Like if you're going to invest with like, give me a plan, like <laughs> a week by week plan of, you know, hockey development, personal development, mental skills development, like all of these kinds of things. 
And you, you just want to know that your money's being well spent for, for your kids because some organizations, I would say that like it is, like they're doing a fantastic job, an unbelievable job with making kids better and moving kids along to the next level and, and providing a good experience for them. Others aren't. And so just ask questions and, and as the consumer, just see, see if the, the bang is worth the buck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And another thing I'll say, and I don't know how many organizations do this, maybe a bunch do, maybe they don't like also always think, you know, I have a tattooed on me. Leverage is everything. It's something my grandpa said to me from when I was young, said it all the time. I apply it to everything in my life. If you play for an organization, there's strength in numbers. You have leverage. If I was playing an organization, like I would be going to a Bauer rep, a CCM rep, a warrior rep, uh, all, all the different equipment manufacturers. And I'd be like, Hey, we got 500 players in our organization. We'll have every player or almost every player. at least 90% of players are going to buy your shin pads, pants, elbow pads, gloves, whatever sticks. What, what, price package you're going to give us and then shop that to the next one like let's let's beat them at their own game so whatever bauer says now you go to ccm accm bauer said they're going to give it to us for this then you go to war like whatever like that's, beat that's, them at their own game that's actually part of the problem too like hockey equipment's a bit of a monopoly not a monopoly but there's not a lot of competition in the market let's say Right. So they can right. jack up those prices. Right. So, and that so happens. Tur- try to turn that shit on its, on its head and use your strength and numbers, use your leverage. Uh, the kids can get, look, I was very picky about my equipment. I was, you can get used to any pants, any gloves, any shin pads, any shoulder pads, any elbow pads. Like you really can, especially when you're younger. So parents like, don't take that. Like, oh, my kid wants to use the other. No, they'll be fine. Trust me. Hand-me-downs are also free. Free. <laughs> Faux free. <laughs> What's that from? I don't know. Faux free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this episode. Again, we we do this to to try and help. We do this to try and provide a little bit of perspective on this crazy, crazy, crazy hockey world. Um, please reach out to us if you have any questions. If something hit home, if you have questions about anything that we uh, we talked about. And I would encourage you, like if you go and read the article that I wrote, like read the the comment section of a lot of the parents that like um, that commented on it. And uh, it's, it's really interesting. Some like it, some not so much. Um, but I do want people to know that that article and this, you know, podcast that we're doing was based on talking to you guys as the parents. What are your biggest stressors in in this youth hockey world? And and cost is a huge one. It's an absolute huge one. So dove in even deeper and ask the hard questions to parents. Hey, tell me, tell me how much you're paying and tell me where the money's going to. And some people were could and some people were like, hey, man, I just write a check and I don't know where it goes. <laughs> you know, and and so um yeah, it, it's I'm sure this is gonna be a reflection piece for some parents out there to kind of be like, huh, do I know where my money goes? Is this worth it? <laughs> um how, you know the higher your voice goes, probably yeah. the more you're getting bent over. <laughs> <laughs> So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Hopefully it gave you some perspective. Reach out to us with any questions or comments or concerns. Uh, It's a very, I don't want to say polarizing topic, but it's a very tough topic um, with the way that our youth hockey culture is today. So um, hopefully you got something out of it. We hope you have a great week. Jeff, anything to end it off with? If you guys like what we are continuing to do weekly, please share the show. All right. Don't stop doing that. We continue to do this year after year after year because all we want to do is help everyone. 
uh, in the hockey world, right? We love doing this. So if you're getting value, if you like an episode, please share the show with your organization, your team, your family, uh, Aunt Edna, whoever it is, share the show. <laughs> Old Aunt Edna. That was Just the so breadstick you know, lady. We don't have Aunt Edna. That was oh, the breadstick Des Moines? lady. Oh, no, in, and, uh, in, in Omaha. In Omaha, right? Her name, I didn't call her Aunt Edna. I called her Edna. I became best friends with her. I got my team a Fazoli's deal, by the way. We got free smoothies. I would go there back there and be making my own smoothie, and good old Granny Ed, Edna be bringing out the breadsticks for the boys a couple times a week. So share it with Edna. There we go. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We love you.